You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse from across the United States, here's your hosts. And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Corey Musson, coming to you live from Iowa, joined as always by Aaron Castro in Arizona and Liam Madigan-Fried back in Boston for a few days. Mm-hmm. How's it going, guys? It's going good. Uh, I actually walked at graduation this past Friday, mm-hmm. so now I'm officially graduated with a degree in English. So that's all done. <laughs> you know how to speak good then, huh? Oh, me speak very good. So you know, what's up with this Mormon? What's up with your Mormon? You're not Mormon, but your Amish beard. <laughs> this this is, you know, I, I tell everybody that it's a style, but this is just pure laziness. Not gonna lie, like it's. Uh, also, I'm staying right right now at uh at Grant Cole's house down in Houston before I get well, my own place. I'm more and, worried uh, about your inability to grow a mustache. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, though, like, I, I don't want to commit to filling up somebody's sink full of hair at this point. So now I guess I just got to cut it now that I'm back home. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, or you just look like a billy goat. <laughs> <laughs> well, without it, I look like I'm 17 and people question my idea at bars, too. I can't have that. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, these days I, I, I kind of appreciate I'm sure Corey appreciates when he gets carded too. Absolutely, Grandpa. Who the fuck <laughs> is carding you guys, dude? All right. <laughs> uh, so, so this is this gets dumb. So, uh, I mean, that's we've been off the air for a couple weeks. So, uh, so my sister had her birthday. She's like 26, and like <laughs> she's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm almost 30. What am I going to do?" And I'm like, "I'm 30." You're not almost 30. Calm the F down. Jeez. Chill out. You'll, you'll be okay. You young whippersnappers just don't understand. You just don't get it. You think you're so old? Think that's something special being 30? My God. I remember the 30s. It was 1990. <laughs> that's an overstatement. But still, it seems like a long time ago, man. I, I was about to say, like, how how old are you? <laughs> 65 damn it this is uh um where's we need to figure out how we can not memes but bring in uh clips uh so we need to pull up the mike gundy clip for screen share and uh where he's like oh man i'm 40 that's that's corny that's- <laughs> <laughs> oh golly oh, so, so, uh, so we're yeah why are we here yeah well i was Something gonna say Something about rugby or something, something, I don't know. Uh, Okay, well, I've got some words here. Uh, Maybe this will answer it. According to this, for those new to the podcast, (laughs) each Monday night we discuss news, rumors, and all the uh, fun stuff out of Major League Rugby each week. That's the United States Professional Rugby Union. It's a chance for us to discuss the issues, hear from the league, players, and team leadership, and check in with our friends from across the U.S. rugby scene. So that's who we are. And Aaron, I think you're about to tell us what we got coming up this week. All right. Um, some preseason action. Uh, running. 
Nayak played Capital Selects. Uh, New Orleans, we'll talk about their preseason. They've played two matches, one versus USA South and the other versus uh, Stars Rugby 15. Stars Rugby usually doesn't do 15s. They're a, they're a sevens group but uh, tour, but they, they like to put on these 15s tours to get some some of the big uglies up front around the country noticed, especially with MLR. Um, it might become more pervasive, actually. Um, and then Scott Lawrence has been appointed head coach of Atlanta MLR. We'll talk about that. Uh, transactions, and then a gripe about rosters. So, uh, without further ado. We got a lot then. Uh, see, it's amazing what happens when you take a week off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So, let's kick things off with some uh, news out of New York. So, Rooney hosted the Capital Selects, and, uh, well, I guess it's it's a bad sign when they actually stop keeping score at some point because uh, it's so lopsided. Uh, at the point uh, Rooney crossed the century mark, they kind of stopped counting, and so we're not exactly sure how bad they beat the Capital Selects, but uh, it was at least a hundred nothing. So, yeah, guys, uh, what did you see out of this one? Well, um, well, I saw nothing because <laughs> there was they no didn't stream. stream it. <laughs> So there you go. What did we read, however? <laughs> so, um, well, they didn't even live tweet it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I guess pretty much what we can say, though, is that it was definitely to be expected that, you know, Rooney at this point, they're so close to their, you know, first uh, official MLR season. Their roster, as we've been saying, should be at a point where they're going to be running over clubs like this. But 100 plus to nothing against a team of, you know, some some of the best that the Mid Atlantic Conference has to offer. That that's just a crazy score. So I guess Rooney is uh, trying to, you know, they, I guess they were eager to have a game that they could actually brag about rather than just you know a minor three point victory over Boston that they thought they were going to beat up on. So you know, definitely good for Rooney in getting this victory. I mean, this this is interesting, uh, partially because of how Nola played against them last season, but we'll we'll get into that uh, for the the next segment, but. Uh, you know, Capital, uh, as far as their selects and high performance program is concerned and getting, you know, guys game tape out there, they have the selects, the Capital selects have been running out for a long time. They have a lot of good coaches and, you know, I'm sure some of their athletes kind of showed out, but as a team, you know, that they're less than what they were last year or they're the same and they've gotten a little bit better, but as I said last season with some of these preseason games, if you're a professional team, you should be beating them comfortably. Last year, it should have been like 30 points. This year, it should be 50, 60. Oh, in this case, 100-plus points because, you know, the salary cap is higher. Um, systems in place, more practice time, uh, more investment in analysis, uh, recovery, all that stuff. So, uh, that's that's what you should see from this. And but I think we wonder like how many of these guys will join DCMLR. I don't know. Well, you know, like I said, it's some it's some of the uh, top names coming out of the Mid Atlantic region. So in terms of local talent, there's there's definitely going to be at least uh, you know some crossover between DCMLR and the Capital Selects. You know, obviously nothing's for certain. Uh, you know, except for the head coach of DCMLR, which we're gonna talk about later in the podcast but 
Yeah, That's no, I would tell. Oh, Atlanta. Yeah. However, DC. Uh, there was there was there was talk about they did hire a coach. Did they not? No, they. I mean, they are in the process. I think of hiring a interim coach for their. They're going to run an exhibition season at some point. That was the last I I heard when I spoke with Chris Dunlavey, uh president of DCMLR, but uh, he's not been appointed yet. So. Well, like I said, there's definitely going to be some crossover in terms of local talent. So, um, moving on uh, to New Orleans, what do we got? Yeah, well, uh, down south, things are looking pretty good for them as well. Uh, two exhibition matches the last couple weekends. Uh, they started out December 8th, facing off against USA South. Uh, that was a 45-10 to 10 match. That was definitely the closer of the two, if you could call either of them close. And then on December 15th, they faced off the Stars Rugby 15s. And similar to uh, Rooney's scoreline, they took out uh, Stars uh, 113 to nil. So uh, two pretty good outings for NOLA here in the exhibition portion of the season. So the first one, uh, it's important to note, uh, I would say the level of USA South is higher than uh, Capital Rugby for a few reasons. They compete in test rugby for tier three countries. So they represent the United States as members of, of Rugby America's North. They compete in the Rugby America's North championships facing off against tier three countries. They're currently the back-to-back RAND champions, and they just went on a European tour against Austria, Hungary, and Czech Republic. And I think they went undefeated, or it was a two and one. Um, so that, that's the level of the of USA South. Um, but again, professionals over amateurs, forty-five to ten in the pouring rain. Talk about an equalizer! There were puddles mm. everywhere. Yeah, you know, like you said, definitely, definitely what we should be expecting, especially uh, going into the sophomore season of the league. We, you've had time to institute a system among the players and kind of get them used to playing with one another, along with some of the new recruits, getting them used to playing with, you know, some of the veterans. So, yeah, definitely exa- the kind of result that you would expect, especially given the weather conditions. Um, but the game that was on this weekend was uh, Noel versus Stars 15. And, uh, you know, if, if I had said, sent an email to our writer, uh, Josh, uh, <coughs> Josh, um, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you'd write about this other than Malcolm May scored, Holden Youngert scored, Cam Falcon scored, uh, Ben Tarr scored, uh, you know, stuff like that. Because it was just boom, boom, boom. It was 64 to zero at the half. Um, and they, they started scoring a little slower in the second half, and I was like, oh, come on, give me a century. And, uh, well, they, they, they got the century, and then they got some. Um, I think there were a few guys uh, for stars that, that looked pretty good. J.P. Aguirre, uh, the flat scrum half out of Lindenwood, I think. Um, he played he played as decently as he could with those around him with a you know professional – um, pack of meat eaters in NOLA trying to, you know, take his lunch and put, you know, 
give him a wedgie and put his underwear over his head. Like that's how, that's how bad they beat him up. So uh, yeah, uh, for Nola, I, I think when you look at these games, it's, it, I think it's about wanting to know where the quality level of major league rugby is going. But I think you, at the end of the day, you shouldn't have these fixtures in season three because you're not going to get much from them if you're going to beat every single opponent over 100 points to zero. And hopefully you get out of these games unscathed. And uh, as I said to Ryan Fitzgerald, because we, we did talk a little bit after the game, and I was like, this is where you guys are. This is where you should be um, to where a touring side, which – puts together a roster of good athletes that are in good environments but doesn't practice together all the time is where you just, you know, take the sledgehammer and and drive the stake and hammer them into the ground. Yeah, and honestly, what these MLR matches have really kind of told us other than, you know, uh, uh, other than, like, you know, who, who can beat up who, like, by the most points between Rooney and Nola is – Pretty much who's healthy, you know. We've we've seen some. Uh, we, we've seen a few people uh, make their way back onto the field. Particularly Sam Windsor uh, played against Dallas just the other week down in Houston. So that's definitely a really good sign for the SaberCats. Uh, other than that, though, these these games are really just meant sort of kind of as a uh, as, as a warm up, making sure that people are kind of shaking the rust off, as well as giving an opportunity for potential academy players and and uh, you know fringe roster players a chance to shine in front of the coaches before final cuts are made especially when positions, you know, coaches right now, they're evaluating like how much they do they need at each position group to make it through a season. And I guess, you know, these games are really kind of a prime opportunity to see that is who's worth keeping and developing, you know, at, at where on the bench. And just from a uh, fan perspective, a quick, quick shout out to uh, GIF for putting on the match this weekend. He had three matches uh, over the course of, uh, what, six hours there, I guess he was uh, out in New Orleans uh, filming and hosting and doing all that good stuff. So uh, if you want to go back and check that out on Facebook, uh, Gift Time Rugby, it's available uh, right now. You can go watch the game. I guess I guess what did we learn? Because um, uh, we got something on the side. <laughs> Josh, you're bad. I, I didn't – I don't think we had a discussion about you <laughs> putting <laughs> – putting up an article about that game and that would have been painful because the, the, the yeah um but uh what what did we learn from these games as far as you know we covered most of that but nola gold academy you know looking good, uh, looking good uh, at the u at the high school level u19s went out and played a touring side uh in stars u19s and this is where I think, uh, you know, Liz Entwistle really, really cuts her teeth. Is not really that much with the senior players, but it more with the junior players and what she's been able to do with when it comes to, you know, putting together U19 seven sides and getting those guys opportunities on film so that they can go to college and, and show out. And I think those kids got had like the U19s, like, I've been talking about, hey, investment in the academy. Get it done. Get it done. Get it done. Definitely. And I've seen some some of the uh, some similar good things happening down in Houston with academy players, particularly people like Enrique Montano and Darrell Williams uh, right now at, Sa- at the Sabercat Academy camp. 
they're really impressing both with the West Houston Lions and in uh, and in these exhibition matches recently against Austin and Dallas. So you know, the, again, like that, that uh, I re- I reiterate that these games are really about like taking a look at what can be the future of these teams, how are they developing players, as well as to shake off the rust, you know, for some of the veteran players who who can just go out and score points, get their confidence up as well. Sounds like it was a uh, good time all the way around. So I know the okay. little bit of a uh, little bit of the Nola Gold match that I was able to catch. It was. Uh, really enjoyable. It was uh, great to see him back in action. So, uh, so moving on from that, I guess we've got some some happenings in Atlanta. So, Atlanta, which has been pretty quiet, maybe the last month, month and a half or so, uh, announced a head coach in Scott Lawrence. Uh, what do we know about this guy? Um, well, so this was kind of rumored uh, a couple months ago, but uh, nice to see it, the deal got done about two weeks ago. Um, like, you know, you, you have all these players and coaches agree to terms and principle, but it's, it's not done until, uh, the fat lady sings, or in this case, the, the man puts his signature on the dotted line. Um, when it comes to Scott, like, uh, if anyone's met Scott, he's a, he's a really awesome dude. Um, and he lifts like a brick shit house. He's fucking, he's in shape. <laughs> Put it that way. He can play tomorrow. I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's an eagle flanker. Uh, uh, when it when it comes to covetable head coaches, uh, I, I think domestically he's probably at the top of the list. He's the top one or two domestic, well, American rugby minds in the country. Uh, and you know, this was sort of the next step for him. Uh, he's been uh, on the Eagles staff for a while now. Uh, he previously left life. Um, to work full time at Oracle, and he spent he's continued to spend his free time though uh, on his own personal coach development. Uh, he's served with Mitchell and Coach Gold as their defense coach uh, the last two cycles for the USA Selects. He's been the head coach during the America Pacific Challenge. Um, he's he's hit every rung on the ladder when it comes to an American in the Eagle system. Um, yeah, I, yeah, and, and and when it comes to a coach like that, what you really hope is that when he moves into the prof- uh, into the professional ranks of, of MLR and he's around players who the Eagles are hoping to you know you know potentially make roster moves with, he's a name. He's a going to be a voice and an opinion that they definitely trust, not only to give them the best sort of scouting uh, reports on players at DC uh, MLR or, or um or sorry Atlanta MLR. God, it's it's late here on the East Coast. But, uh, but not only to give the best kind of scouting reports, but to make sure that they're kind of in tune with the system that the Eagles are going to be playing. Because coming out of that coaching ranks, you know, it's definitely more than likely it's going to be a similar sort of system uh, on the field that he's going to be playing. And, uh, you know, and like like you mentioned, he's coming out of Life U where he helped them to a D1A championship. Uh, you know, and so he knows how to play winning rugby. So hopefully that's going to get the culture started down there. Um, and then all. Uh, was part of the staff is Nese Malifa as the backs coach. Uh, Nese Malifa has, uh, y- you know, uh, he's a, he's an older name when it comes to the Eagles. Uh, so I, I hope some of our older, the, the diehards that have been following the Eagles a long time know who will know who he is, but he was in, uh, you know, two different world cup squads under two different head coaches. So he's 
He's been with the Eagles a long time. And, uh, you know, what's the connection here? Uh, he's coached with Tiger Rugby uh, the past couple of years. So he's developed a lot of guys through that academy and touring system. And, you know, James Walker uh, of Tiger Rugby is the director of rugby for Atlanta. So, you know, bringing one of your own guys in shows you uh, what's going on. And so I, I think so far uh, the hands are going like, when they when they do this combine in January, they'll start plucking out some gems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So uh, another thing we wanted to hit on was the status of rosters uh, coming into Christmas and early part of January. Uh, we don't have a lot of them out there yet. Um, so I don't know if you guys can kind of run down uh, which MLR teams have rosters, which ones don't, and. Uh, what you'd like to see from the teams here coming up in the next few weeks. Um, uh, uh, something in a usable format. Uh, as far as like announcements is concerned, there's one team that's been silent and that's been Utah. I don't know why, because they're teasing us all on Instagram. I saw like 10 people on a rower this morning um, so they, they're in camp, they're doing stuff. They, they were taking team photos. So maybe they'll put like, they'll put this roster out, but I really, for everyone that's not been doing the, the announcements of every signee, like new Orleans or Austin or Houston. Um, come on guys, just announce the, the, the old players. I got it. If they're staying with the team, just, just put out a press release that shows all the, t- all the guys that are staying, but all the new guys announce them all get hype. Let's do it. But uh, San Diego's roster is now out. But but more so, can you publish the rosters in a usable format? That do or yeah, it would definitely go a long way too in terms of marketability for fans, is because they definitely want to know who the hell they're rooting for. And going online and finding a roster is the easiest way to do that. So I would hope that the league would put more priority into making sure that teams are you know, being kind of open about who it is that's on their field and training camp at any given time. Well, and I think, uh, you know, one of the things we hit on last year uh, a while ago was this idea of not only building excitement for teams and for the league, but also for individual players. You know, every, every sport needs stars as well. And if we don't know who's going where or what's going on week to week or month to month, it's hard to track with your favorite players from last last season and really feel like you have a connection with them. So I would list that as a uh, concern as well. But um, we do. One of, one of the things that I enjoyed that really only one team did uh, last year, I would say effectively, was the Seawolves. And every time they had the injury cover and they signed a new player, they announced it. They, they gave that, uh, that player like the spotlight. Um, whereas, uh, I, I think, I, I beat up polar bear for this last year with San Diego is they had a guy just show up for the semifinals. Like all of us, like, what's this guy doing on your roster? Uh, it was, uh, fullback Joe Pieterson. Like he was, he was good. And he's back on that roster again. Like he's like, they have a legit game changing full get fullback that has a boot too. So, I'd have to go but, back. Uh, oh, sorry. I was gonna say I'd have to go back and check my 2018 uh, roster lists. But if I'm recalling, San Diego was the 
the outfit that had the most names out of any of the teams so, throughout the so, season. I mean, Josh is really good for this. Uh, so they had they rosters, so put on their website 52 players, and they used 45. Um, Utah had 45, but they actually used a lot less. And we'll, we'll track that again this season. It'll be interesting to look at, especially since the season's a lot longer. And uh, one of the things we pointed out, I think the, the Newport Gwent, I don't think they're called the Newport Gwent Dragons anymore. They're just called the Dragons. They had a squad of 60, 62 people last year. And they played more games. So we will see how this and Hopefully, you know, um, <laughs> injuries do not become a thing this year like they did last year. And, uh, you know, we keep these squads together. Absolutely. So uh, part of that is uh, announcing the stuff we do know. And so we got transactions. Uh, what's the signings this week, guys? Um, so so um, Liam, you can hit all those, but I, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So I, I formatted this so that it was easier to do. But uh, mm-hmm. we're, I'm just going to read off all the all the San Diego ones after Liam just destroys the 20 he's gonna read out oh god yeah thank thanks for uh thanks for throwing this at at me so apologies to anybody's name who i get wrong you know obviously you made it into the mlr so that's something to be proud of uh first of all we got going to uh seattle a 24 cap a 24 year old cap canadian prop did just did justice sears deru uh you know he he appeared in all four rugby world cup games uh with with canada the last uh go around and he seems to be a really good uh, ad for uh, Seattle. He previously played with Toronto in the in the uh, exhibition season, but it looks like he chose rather to uh, head to the West Coast. Uh, second, um, a tight head prop. We have Juan Echevarria uh, going to Austin. He has 43 caps with Uruguay, so he's definitely bringing some really good professional experience uh, over there to the Lone Star State, just north of where I'm at in Houston. Uh, Victor Com- uh, Comtat, uh, a lot coming to Houston, six foot Eight. This dude is huge, and he's definitely the kind of scrum guy that uh, Fitzy likes to see in there on his kind of on his roster. He has some experience playing with uh, in France. He was a high school all star. This uh, this dude is definitely a really good ad. Uh, Patty Ryan, a prop going to uh, going to Rooney. He appeared with the Eagles against Ireland al- along with the uh, with another international cap. He's a really good scrum addition. Uh, and uh, finally, I have Chris Matina uh, uh, going to Rooney as well. He's a great sevens player. He also helped Nyack to a 2016 uh, club championship appearance against the Huns, which they ultimately lost. However, he was definitely a major player in making that game so competitive. Aaron, what do you got? Um, well, Victor Kumtop was like selected to four or five teams of the week in MLR for Austin last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't I don't know why they let him go, but it, it is what it is. Um, I am surprised there. But uh, Dion Mikesell uh, has been signed by New Orleans Gold. But first, he's uh, taking a short trip to uh, Association Sportif Montferrand Academy en Clermont, Auvergne, France. Um, so he's uh, hanging out in the Claremont Academy, learning, um, and he'll be – that's, I think in a couple of weeks he's good to go to play with in the Espoir League. So they have an academy league that they call Espoir 
Um, I think I think young sporting. I don't. I'm. I don't know what that word means, but it means something. Um, so he's going to play in the Espoir League, and if he shows out there, and I'm guessing that uh, Claremont will want him back. So after if he shows out in the academy, and then I'm sure he will show out for the gold. Oh man! If anyone follows football recruiting, Dion Mike sells numbers. When it comes to the Nike Spark Code, which is a forty-yard dash, shuttle, squat, bench, all the BS, uh, his numbers are insane. Um, so when it comes to the level of athlete he is, he, he's pretty good. As a rugby player, he's pretty freaking good. Um, so that that will definitely help shore up the wing for Nola when he arrives. Uh, Sebastian Calm has moved from. Nola to Austin, and this is a funky one because I think everyone had him moving to New York. So, you know, it is what it made. If if New York had gotten both Sebastian and Cam Dolan, oof, oof, that that would have been an interesting backline. Um, but uh, you know, moves uh, moves to uh, the Lone Star State and hanging out in Austin, keeping it weird. And uh, then Rikus Zwart, which is another back row player from um, formerly of the Celsius Sharks now um, in Super Rugby. So that is, uh, you know, um, that's a good one to add as well. He's a major line-out threat. And, oh, yeah, here's the 35 that I was going to – 35 players that uh, San Diego announced today. Uh, all right, so scrum half, Ty Nosa, former USA Eagle. Uh, Liam Hallam Eames uh, from New Zealand. He's a lock, so we're showing up that lock position. Dean Muir, hooker. Capelli Piffaletti, which is Faka O.C. Piffaletti's brother, who was also in the Saracens Academy. He's a hooker, so you got two hookers coming in, so they've got four hookers on the roster. Jeez. Patty Ryan, the Australian one, not the Chicagoan. <laughs> that place from New York. Um, Lou Stanfield uh, goes from, uh, I guess, you know, he signed late for Austin last year, and he'll be playing with San Diego, another USA Eagle. He'll help build that culture down there. And then Wing Savanaka Totovosu Sa'u. Man, I'm going to butcher that. And uh, a wing from East Tigers in the shoot shield. And then. Jasa Vermalua, Vermalua. There we go. Uh, a Fijian winger. He's six foot five. You might be able to make him a back rower. I don't know. Actually, he's he's not. He's going to be a huge winger. It's going to be great. Saul Wuching, flanker, USA Eagle, and Kenny Nazakek from the Shore, from Belmont Shore, number eight, all around back rower. Uh, he's if anyone was able to watch the PRP last year, he is a physical force. I am surprised they didn't pull him in last year either. So there you go. Is that, I mean, that that's, that's, uh, you don't have a few more or anything. Or... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, you know, while we, since we've got an extra minute, I guess I'll just ask this. Um, and Aaron, maybe you can address this. How much 
how many of these moves are being dictated by the league at this point, as opposed to the teams themselves making the decisions on players? Um, as far as I know, I mean, I, I would have to ask this question. I mean, I, I sort of can't ask this question. None of these moves are dictated by the league at all. Um, these are, uh, and, and we're going to see this. I, I think you're going to see a lot of movement every year until we sort of have salary stability. Uh, and that's probably going to take a, a salary cap of around seven fifty to a million dollars. So we're a couple of years away from that. Um, but uh, especially with, when some of the teams are practicing full-time. So if, if you've got, you know, a roster of 35 and you need to be able to give your match fee players more money in theory, if we're still going associate versus not, and um, if, if that's what, how you're choosing to go, you're going to spend your cap on players that are going to practice full-time and not hold another job. Players are going to move all over the place. Um, certain players, like some of the guys in New York that work in finance, they probably won't play at all if they have to move. And that, that's just professionalism. Interesting. That, that is what we are going to deal with. Well, and I think a lot of that will be sorted out in the future. Um, you know, as the like you say, as the caps grow and as the professionalism levels rise. So, all right, we're already seeing we're we're already seeing what kind of money is going to come into the teams. You have major sponsorships with Aviva uh, sponsoring the SaberCats, uh, Lados which is sponsoring a DCMLR. So and DCMLR and Lados is an even bigger company than Aviva. So things to think about. Uh, Honda Canada is sponsoring the Arrows. So you have major companies throwing down money now. Um, I think as these go further along, um, the, the types of jersey sponsorships you're going to get out there are going to get bigger. I'm sure the New England Free Jacks are going to land an even bigger company than Lados and Atlanta MLR. It's like it's just going to build and build. And it's it's probably going to be something alcohol related. <laughs> Come on, Guinness. Sam Adams? Sam Adams? Sam Adams. Like Bo- Boston. Let's just instead of Sam Adams, since the company is Boston Brewing, put Boston Brewing on the phone. <laughs> Boston Brewers. Um, but yeah, I, I, none of these moves are are being dictated by the league. It's just players are going where they're getting the most money, and some guys fit and some guys don't. That's why, you know, it. Uh, you know, a player leaves, and all of a sudden, uh, Glendale is able to sign Hanko. And, well, Henko left, so Austin's able to sign Sebastian Calm, who wanted more money. And you know, that's just the way it's going to go. So uh, they had uh, – Houston had a lock leave, and they had space, and they were able to get a deal done with Victor Comtot, who, who probably wanted more money from Austin. And, you know, all these things are just building, like, whenever, however you're able to package each deal um, so that – because these are all really separate, especially the guys who get jobs or working as like development officers or academy coaches 
or player coaches, everything's done on a case by case basis until we get a period of salary stabilization, which I think we're, we're going to be a few years from, but we're a lot closer than a lot of people probably think, because at some point the players will organize and they will have a union and there will be a CBA and, you know, that's just the way it's going to go. Yeah, no, hopefully it's a natural process that, you know, works to the benefit of everybody. Obviously, you know, we've seen with the NFL that having, you know, you know, uh, as well as other professional leagues that having a strong union is important. We've seen with the NBA what a strong union can be for players. And we've seen with the NFL what a not so strongish union uh, can be. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that works out going forward in terms of how salaries are negotiated. You want a not so strong union? Um, the NHL. When in the modern game, when you have two lockouts that basically shove your sport onto the nether regions of television so that people don't watch your game. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's like, what, what are you, what are you getting from a year long lockout? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like hockey, but they, uh, the hockey players, I think have overplayed some hands in two year long lockouts in the last decade. So that's just my thing. So we'll uh, we'll address that further on our hockey podcast later this week. Yeah, EOD NFL <laughs> next year. By the way, come on, let's do it. <laughs> we haven't uh, we haven't introduced any new podcasts for a while, so I thought we had to throw that one out there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we always like to take questions from Bob as often as possible, and uh, these are uh, these are questions collected from. Uh, over on Reddit, we uh, host a Reddit page. That's reddit.com slash r slash mlrugby. And you can uh, join the conversation over there anytime. So the first question right off the top this week is from Dystopian Rugby. Wants to know, San Diego's roster? It's out now. We, yeah, we've addressed that. So that's good. <laughs> Yeah, Aaron. Uh, Aaron was kind enough to put up uh, that roster on the Reddit page uh, just today, actually. So you can go there in and a, find it now. In a, usable, in a usable format. Yeah, or you can just rewind <laughs> a few minutes and listen to him read them off again. <laughs> All right, moving on. Cama uh, Killer ninety five. How does MLR grow their brand awareness? Are there things us fans can do beyond word of mouth marketing? Um, you know, first and foremost, you definitely just want to keep on sharing items on social media so that, you know, so that the algorithms for those uh, certain platforms, you know, start to favor MLR content. But uh, also during the season, go to bars and request that the game be put on the TV. I did it several times last season and, you know, it's definitely something that works. Uh, watch the game, you know, at, people's houses ask your friends if they have if they want to come over and watch it with you word of mouth is definitely really good but trying to get it uh you know on the screen at public uh spaces is definitely the you know the very first step that you can do um social media is the easiest thing you you can do so definitely do that yeah yeah uh you know everyone goes to bars and stuff so whatever local bar you have i know they have cbs sports so when the game is on talk to the bartender get the game put on and you know, people will just peek up and go, what's that sport? And they'll watch. And there'll probably be some other rugby fan in bar. And uh, you know, that that's how it goes. 
You know, I think another thing you can do uh, to really build brand awareness is to listen to Earful of Dirt every week and uh, tell your friends about this great podcast talking about the league. So, Yes. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Subscribe on every single podcast provider and listen to it five times. Yep, absolutely. And, I mean, if you want to just send us money for no reason, we'll take that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll, we'll post it, Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our uh, our question section namesake, Bob B. Bobberson, wants to know, how will the travel schedule impact Rooney? Well, um, I guess depends. because they have all those, they have the long, all the long trips at the beginning, I think. Right? Yeah. So, so their, their first five weeks, it's at San Diego. Um, then it's, then it's a buy, then it's a buy, then it's at NOLA at Seattle. So they have three pretty far road games, um, you know, and then two bye weeks within those first five weeks. Um, and that's kind of equal to uh, Toronto, you know, playing the, those first five weeks on the road for them as well. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the cold weather makes it difficult. The, you know, the distance makes it difficult, um, you know, both on the players and on the team's budget. So, but I and I don't, I don't think it's going to affect them as much as people think it will. I think, I, I, more, yeah. I, I think the travel portion probably less, but now that I, I'm rethinking about this, I think having all those buys front loaded just stops them from being able to get a rhythm, hmm. you know, um, you know, I, I, like Toronto, that kind of sucks. First eight games are yeah, all the way. Fuck that. So, so both New York and Rooney need to like to Toronto and New York can't really drop a lot of games on the front end because they, uh, the money is going to be made during the ARC when Le Rouge and the Eagles are away. So when those players are not in camp for their MLR teams, whoever wins those five, well, whoever there's six weeks of MLR team play uh, when there are ARC games, but they're also in camp. So that's eight weeks. So basically for eight weeks of the season, the Eagles and Le Rouge are away. So if you can, if you can, if you end up, I think the most a team has, I think is seven games during that period. If you can win four of seven while your Eagles are away, you're in, you're decent. If you, if you drop a lot of games, it's going to be tough. No, for sure. So, Gotham wants to know, is Paul Mullen out of his contract in Newcastle and coming back to MLR? So, his contract with Newcastle is over. He's in Ireland. I got nothing else. Yep, I have no further information on this subject. All right. Uh, so, that's a big, I guess we'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have him back here, though. I guess uh, nobody would argue with that. Hey, hey, hey his, his contract announcement will probably happen uh, on uh, on on the Eagles ARC squad announcement because that happens all the time. There you go. <laughs> okay, final question for tonight comes from the Hey Dog 18. 
Which MLR team has the easiest draw overall this season? Um, so Liam has a different opinion than I do. Well, I was just, I, I just noted how Nola is starting, you know, their first five at least at home. So, and they have a pretty good, pretty, pretty good weather, uh, you know, climate. Hopefully the, the field condition at Archbishop uh, Shaw High School is a little bit better than it was uh, last year because last year any player who played there said it was total shit. But uh, yeah, I think I think Nolop has a pretty good uh, pretty good chance to start this season out on a good foot compared to uh, what they got. Um, you know, it's uh, Toronto has eight games in a row. They're the only team with eight games in a row. Uh, yes, it happens to be on the back end of the season. That's rough. I guess, yeah, it is yet to be seen. So we'll we're looking forward to it. Um, what is the uh, start date for the season again? Is it uh, it's January twenty sixth? January twenty sixth. So we are five weeks out, basically. Right before the Super Bowl. Got a lot. Got a lot to uh, figure out between then and now. All right. Well, I suppose that about wraps it up for us tonight. Uh, you guys have any final thoughts on your way out? Um, Liam, you burned yeah. the house down. What, what else did you expect? What did you hear? Who, t- who told you what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Pacific Nations Cup schedule is out. We do get to host a match. Apparently it's not in Japan, which is kind of cool. Uh, it is in Fiji. So the boys, the last time they hung out like in a tropical ish area was in Montevideo at the Hojo that was on a lake and they ate like steak every night. They, they beat the crap out of Uruguay. So I think this is going to work out just fine. Uh, we host Canada in the Can-Am cup, or it's not really a cup. It's the Can-Am trophy match uh, as part of the PNC uh, in Glendale. I think it's 27th of July. And then we play, uh, Japan and Samoa in Fiji over two weeks. So that will be pretty cool. And um, I think what are we talking about? Uh, what do you, when do you guys want to come back for a break? Uh, I think 14th level. Yeah. Def- definitely, definitely before the season starts, you know, so we can give a little preview. Definitely don't I want think, to leave these uh, fine you know, people waiting. I think we, we went for three weeks last year. I think we'll, we'll do three weeks this year. But there, like I like we did last year in the beginning, um, we will have some content rolling out. I got Malcolm May tomorrow afternoon um, and hopefully Kyle Bailey on Thursday. So Corey will push those out on podcasts uh, after, well, not this week, but over the next couple of weeks, those will come out. And they'll actually come out this time, unlike the last one that was uh, three weeks late. So, <laughs> fantastic, guys. Uh, Liam, you got any thoughts on your way home tonight? Uh, no, pretty much. I'm just going to spend the uh, spend the holidays here in Boston before heading out uh, to Houston again, January third, to uh, get ready for the uh, season down there with the Houston SaberCats as well as the West Houston Lions. Going to be going to be having some fun covering those teams. Uh, but for now, I'm just going to be enjoying, enjoying myself one last time up here in New England. Well, and we're pretty fortunate now to have uh, 
members of our extended family located in three MLR cities between uh, Dan and Victor in New York, uh, Liam in Houston, and Josh in Denver. So we've got some uh, – this is going to be an exciting season, guys. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Like Aaron says, we'll have some interviews and uh, a whole bunch of fun stuff uh, coming into the new year. So be sure to stay tuned. With that said, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody. We will be off for the next three Mondays, uh, coming back January 14th. So be sure to join us then. Uh, but please, as always, uh, check us out on YouTube where we do this live uh, Monday nights and we have the podcasted version available for download every Wednesday morning. If you like what we do, please subscribe to our YouTube and iTunes feeds. It helps us fi- uh, helps other folks find us. And be sure to share our own your own news, views, and abuse with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay, guys, last chance or forever hold your peace for three weeks. I'm good. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you all next time. Happy Christmas. Thank you for listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can share your thoughts with us via our voicemail by calling 720-600-2679. We're live again next Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you then.